All right, welcome to Dead in Goal. My name is Jeff Centenera. Back uh, talking rugby league with James Smith. Uh, how are we doing this morning, James? Very well, Jeff. Very well, mate. How are you going down uh, in Freedom Canberra? Not, not quite yet. <laughs> Freedom uh, is 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 on its way. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, relatively free already. You know, I mean, it's it's like we've always said. You know, it, it can't be that unfree if. Uh, yeah, football is was still or was still being played all around us. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. You know, I feel perfectly fine. You know, the NBA started yesterday on time, which hasn't happened. Uh, you know, wow. or, or ha- yeah, it hadn't been regular kind of regular kind of playing of the season for the last two years. So you know, like the NFL rolls on, the NFL and college football roll on. Um, yeah, uh, you, you know, cricket is beginning to buzz. But you know, if if you care about that, which I've you know we were discussing, I've definitively come down on the side that that i'm not so you know as long as as long as there's sports uh kind of just uh, rolling along yeah it can't be um you know you can take a fair degree degree of freedom away from me <laughs> <laughs> that's right as long as as long as the uh the box on the wall keeps showing pretty sports pictures and moving sports pictures then we're all happy <laughs> wasn't it you know you think back to like march 2020 like the first the first real flush of uh of the pandemic and the thing that was weirdest to me was uh okay you're kind of not meant to do anything that's fine but they had stopped all the sport being played as well so you got all this time on your hands and you know you, you got nothing you, you got no sport to watch like my sister um that's right a late comer very uh, very late comer to this party but she only just decided, she only just watched uh that um chicago bulls docker the last dance uh, oh, just really? recently, yeah. just finished it kind of yesterday, and so she was really kind of keen to talk about it. Uh, and but you know that because that was the thing that if we recall in the really early days of the pandemic, I think that substituted as the sports watching experience for uh, for so many of us. Um, yeah, some people you know uh, who weren't kind of alive the, fir- you know, the first time it came around, getting to experience kind of you know Michael Jordan. And then, yeah, for us, a, a really great nostalgia trip. But um, yeah, uh, freedom or lack of freedom has been uh, much easier to handle uh, with uh, because uh, our athletes are very much essential workers these days, isn't that right, James? <laughs> They're very essential. Keep them going. Yeah, no, I was just um, while you were talking about the lockdown sports TV. I, I remember Fox League had no alternative but to um, produce these marathon panel shows. And as well, they they pumped out a lot of retro mm. uh, league matches, and that's it's it, like finally giving the people what it, what they've always wanted, and that was just marathon retro league mm. uh, games from '84 and the late '70s. It was magic. It was it was so good, and then the games came back, and and um, they they somehow got through that content drought, uh, and that and that. You know, by giving the people what they've always wanted, it was it was actually quite fun. Mm. It was actually, yeah, to catch up on what the game used to look like mm. and, and gorge on it. It was terrific. Yeah, we've always enjoyed this time of year when you know we love it. Yeah, of course, yeah. it's a see when the season's on. But we've also kind of it, that, that initial moment when the season ends and they've got to kind of yeah fill those those programming hours on Fox League. We've always enjoyed that because. Yeah, you and I love kind of when they put the the old games. I found myself uh, watching. Um, oh, who was the? It was a manly. Oh God, the opponent's escaping me. Um, uh, it was a man, it was a manly game from from the late eighties. Uh, Paul Vorton was was the captain. Um, yeah, um, I just got drawn into watching this. Yeah, Des Hasler committed this absolutely atrocious kind of high tackle, high cover tackle uh, <laughs> that, like, full on, he would have been sent off for these days and, you know, gotten a healthy stint on the sideline. But, um, no, seemed like a, uh, okay, carry on. But th- 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 oh, the game was old enough that the, it was um, it was the old football, the one that uh, really looked like, um, I guess, like a small bean bag. You know, it was. Yeah, it looked yeah. really hard to, really hard to, really hard, hard, hard to. It looked like ah, it looked like a medicine ball, probably with a weight taken out. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a ball that they've got one um, on display at the Rugby League Museum at um, Moor Park there at League Central, and there's a ball from the early 1900s, mm. and that's what it looks like—a medicine ball. 
yeah, it's not not too dissimilar to a soccer ball. It's so round, and mm. and that's basically what it is. Mm. Yeah, but um, shock think, revelation. Was it-, it actually is a medicine ball. <laughs> yes, right. And I and I. And they still tried to kick it. It's, Early turn uh, of the century rugby league, like, you know, you could throw your ball at the opponent and see if you could wound him enough. When, you know. <laughs> and they still do that. Mm. It's, a, it's one of the traditions to throw a footy at, at the opponent's head when they have a cheap shot in a tackle. It's it's good to see. Was, was it the 87 grand final you no, were watching? No, it, it wasn't. It was, a, it was a round. One of the lead-up games. It was a round match. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. God, my, yeah. Normally, my memory is I, you know, not not to be kind of immodest, but my memory is pretty good. But I, I'm almost, I'm, I'm just mm. entirely blanking on who they were playing in that game. It might have been Balmain. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think it was Balmain in my mind's eye. I can see um, Wayne Pierce taking the ball up. Um, I was trying to figure out if, if yeah, if Gary Jack was was playing fullback in the in that game. Um, I think I hung around for a while watching it just to see. But you know, here's here, and this is kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, this is how far I don't go back with with league, so to speak. I'd actually never yep. seen Paul Wharton play. Really? Yeah. By the by, the time oh, I started watching uh, footy, he he was done. So, or okay. it, it just was that. Um, yeah, he. Uh, um, yeah, like I, I may have started watching while he was still running around, but yeah, I just never caught uh, never caught a game of his. So yeah, mm. yeah, just kind of uh, get, kind of watching that. Um, it's humorous because he kind of played exactly the way I thought someone like would <laughs> play. Yeah. Oh no, nonsense! But really, he was really hard to tackle, and he and he had a pass in him as well. There's an interesting story about him. Um, he was, you know, a good player, but mm. was the toiler. And I think he was playing in the QRL. I can I can be corrected on this, but I think he was saying he was telling the story to Channel Nine once that he was playing some junior rep game. You know, he was a as I said, up and coming player and nothing really special. And then all of a sudden, he plays this blinder, this absolute blinder in 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 this selection game where all the right people are watching him. And um, after the game, he came off. And his dad said to him, well, what the hell was that? What happened? And he said, I don't know. And, and that was his, it was since that single game where he had this absolute blinder. He just had this trajectory all the way up to Sydney premierships. And, oh, I love that story. It's just not even he knew what happened, but it all clicked on that one day. I, I love stories like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, how, how about Very this good. segue? Uh, going from uh, the old uh, to the new, and maybe thinking in terms, if uh, if if a young Vorton were running or were running around today, maybe he would find himself uh, out in the field for the the new team uh, from from Redcliffe, the Dolphins, confirmed as uh, the seventeenth club of of the NRL, or not not the seventeenth overall, but <laughs> uh, yeah, to to join the competition. What is it going to be? It's twenty. It's twenty three. So we're still uh, still a season yeah. away. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah, and conveniently, it happening just after we recorded uh, last week. So thanks for that. <laughs> it was sort of <laughs> thanks for that, Lee. And, and it kind of and, and it kind of had to happen there because um, mm. something to do with the negotiation window mm. opening up, and it, it really meant that they really had to have an answer by early November, so that they could be on the same same um, playing field as as their sixteen other rivals. Yeah, it's um. It's great. Oh, that, yeah. It sort of feels like um, it's a little bit different to an expansion. It's sort of a further inclusion, isn't it? Because yeah. you're including a yeah. team that already exists, it's already got its long, rich history, and I think it's I think it's fair enough. I think of all the clubs in the, the whole country that aren't NRL clubs, I think they'll the next one up. If you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna expand expand on that sort of basis, then yeah, Redcliffe's ready. Redcliffe's probably um, you know richer than half the other clubs that are already already there. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, they um big welcome to them. It's mm. uh it's gonna be great to see what rivalries they develop, obviously with the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. But yeah, it won't take long. The Tigers will end up hating them after a couple of rounds mm-hmm. when they steal a couple of Tigers players and it'll be 
all on. Gold Coast you know? would probably be kind of a, 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 another dance partner. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to I hate to rope in the the, the BKG again uh, in all of this, but you know it is my role. Uh, it, it does remind me of when they brought um, uh, brought Port uh, uh, the power into into the league. Uh, yeah. A pre-existing club, deep tradition, built-in fan base. Uh, yeah, like I think it, it, it just yeah it just makes all the all the sense in the world. Hard to see kind of how it will you know kind of fail short of um, you know absolutely awful results off the field or just kind of <laughs> scandal otherwise. But in um, one thing they have kind of overport. Uh, as has been kind of pointed out, is they will get to bring their actual brand to the league. Uh, you know, they will get to remain uh, 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 being called the Dolphins. Uh, and um, what intrigued me was um, a, a story that uh, Brad Walter did uh, for the NRL. A terrific story from Brad, as you'd expect. Uh, that um, it, in an incredible act of foresight, uh, I'd actually forgotten this because um, I, I do remember reading uh, reading about this. But uh, the, the Titans had actually tried to get that as their team name when they entered the, the competition um, those, those years ago. But uh, Redcliffe had actually taken them to court to stop them because uh, they thought that you know someday it could possibly uh, it could pos- possibly be of use to them. And like I said, it's an act of foresight that paid off because they do enter the uh, the NRL with their their team name intact. But uh, beyond mere tradition, uh, I think, you know, I think it's a fantastic brand. I think it's a fantastic team name, a fantastic logo. And uh, yeah, that, that I think it immediately enters the league. I wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, yeah, it's probably uh, becomes one, becomes establishes itself in the minds of uh, casual fans. Cause that's the critical thing. Like, of course the diehards will know, well, the diehards will know whoever they, uh, wh- whatever they did, uh, name themselves. But um, like as, as pointed out uh, in uh, one thing in, in Brad's story is pointed out, particularly among women and children, like the Redcliffe Dolphins brand really, Really, really sticks. So yeah, I think uh, I think they're off uh, to a good start just with that alone. Yeah, yeah. And and what about the players that um, that they're going to be chasing? Like mm. I'll have Cameron Munster, um, Reed Marnie, um, yeah, Christian Welch is in in tall in um, in uh, in the discussions oh, amongst fans anyway. Yeah, so they're, they're going to they're coming along at the right time. They have got so many good players, whereas. Expansion teams of the past haven't really had that. Mm-hmm. I've had. To, I remember when the South uh, East Queensland Crushers came in, they were looking for identities, and you ended up ending up with uh, rugby union players and just anything to to pique the interest. And but th- this team is just it, it's it's come along at the right time. Um, oh, it's so exciting. But the only thing I'd, I'd I'd add to it is I don't know whether the uh, the naming issue is is over yet because I'm um, not sure what you've seen, but the uh, the Morton Bay Council is uh, quite a little bit upset over um, the fact that they're not going to be called the Morton Bay Dolphins because mm. the, the local council contributed something like ten million dollars to its um, expansion bid, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the club's announced we're not going to be called anything; we're just the Dolphins, and so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's that's let's get the popcorn out for that one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going down like the um, like what the the, you know, like the kangaroos route of yeah of just being called like like their uh, their team name. Um, mm. If they had held onto the Morton Bay thing, yeah, you know, they should have they would have they should have had to change the name to the Bugs, right? Like that would have been. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but but I can see where the council's coming from. It's oh like, yeah, maybe if if, if someone gives you. A crap ton of money, then <laughs> maybe you sort of should be calling yourselves, you know, naming yourselves after that. I'd, oh gosh, I reckon North Brisbane would have been good. I've listened to other podcasts like Fergo and the Freak, and, mm. and completely agree with them. Like North Brisbane, it's recognisable to everyone, like people down here. But but uh, but Redcliffe works as well because you can't fool anyone. They're mm. the Redcliffe Dolphins. They're based there. They're the ones who bid for it. Yeah, so I hope they attach something to it. Yeah, I don't know. It just needs it. When the Warriors were just the Warriors, it wasn't yeah. right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So just anything. Yeah. As, as long as it's something, it's, uh, it's, how, it's how leagues always worked. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess the the one other thing uh, that um, uh, actually getting a look at at the logo uh, and the the immediate kind of sparks that that went off in my head. Um, <clears throat> uh, again, like I said, big fan of the logo. Uh, big fan of of the team name Dolphins. Big fan of the logo. But uh, the the thing that it made me think of immediately uh, and naturally, uh, it had to be a Simpsons reference because that's usually that's my wife. That's usually the first yeah, you know, usually the first three things that come to mind. One of them is something Homer Simpson says, uh, and <laughs> it, it really reminds me. I don't know if you know you're pretty good with these, James. Remember that episode, uh, that Halloween episode where Lisa frees a dolphin. Uh, from like one of those, um, you know, soft drink can like um, plastic strips, and then yep. the dolphin kind of goes off, and then tells all the other dolphins about what happened, and, and she's really happy that she's done a good deed. But this dolphin goes off and tells all the other dolphins what has happened, so they come back to conquer the humans, and um, you know, like so the the the, the yeah, this is very very long long winded, but you know it is the off season. <laughs> uh, Springfield has a town meeting and. Um, they decide they're going to take it to the dolphins and uh, you know, then they open up the doors and like all the dolphins are, are outside kind of waiting to, you know, to basically yeah. be- beat them up. And then, you know, like, you know, Homer does that thing where, you know, come on humans, we've wiped out entire species before. And then, you know, so they get into a fight and then the next scene is like all the, all the uh, residents of Springfield are in the ocean, just floating around. And then Homer just, you know, like gives the great line. He says, you got to hand it to the dolphins. They just wanted it more. So, you know, <laughs> I expect to see that clipped and named for every uh, every great success yeah. for, for the, the the men from Redcliffe, you know, starting twenty twenty three. I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to it. I love I love expansion sites. I love kind of uh, yeah. I think um, it's an interesting endeavor for 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 established players to go and try and uh, and build something. I think it uh, it it really is a, a departure for your career and. Yeah, sometimes you're, you know, particularly uh, for for you mentioned a couple of guys from the storm. You're going from somewhere where you know you have a fairly good expectation of success to where you're going to have to deal with the possibility, you know, deal with the very real possibility that you might not play finals, <laughs> maybe even ever again at that at that club. Uh, but the idea that you're on the on the ground floor or something. Uh, there's just something attractive about that to, to players, to coaches, to, uh, to to admin staff that um, that it can be that, that can really be career defining in a way that you know just being at, you know kind of a consistent winner uh, you know will uh, can can bring levels of uh, kind of gratification and, and satisfaction uh, career wise that uh, then over merely just uh, just you know, kind of accumulating kind of wins and trophies. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same with um, Wayne Bennett as well. Like that—that's obviously what he, what what is, is has attracted him to the to the coaching position there. Um, you know, he's done it all. He's just you know been in another grand final, and he, it's obviously what, what's what's exciting to him about that position. Yeah, just leading something from from day one, day one in the NRL. I mean, yeah, and uh, same with Munster and. Like Munster's won premierships. Mm-hmm. Um, be interesting to see if that sort of attracts him to to the club as well. Like doing it as you said, you know, for a new entity. It's exciting. It's exciting for everyone. Um, yeah, oh, it's just so much to look forward to. And I'm pretty it's interesting sure that um, I'm pretty sure they're not paying him in dolphin feed too. You know. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, he's um, yeah, he's come along at the right time. Speaking of Cameron Munster, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, well, it's an exciting off-season when you're talking about expansion, isn't it? Like, you know, we haven't all gone away and grumbled into our, and into our corners about everything that's wrong with the game. Like, mm. when you're talking expansion, then things are going pretty good. Yeah, and I think pretty this, all right. Yeah, and this is, this one is, I think this is the most sensible kind of, kind of expansion existing club yep. in, in heartland territory uh, set up to succeed like if it were one of the more speculative ventures which I, I I'm a believer that the league will have to eventually go a path uh, the league will have to actually go down whether that be I don't know Perth or uh, or, or what or what have you but um, yeah like there are some that you that you enter the enter the you know, the league or the association or, or, or what whatever it is 
and you ask yourself, geez, how, how are they going to – I don't have a picture of how this team will be a success kind of in the long run. But this one, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah, it's certainly not um, assured of, of, uh, of not failing. Like, you know, like I would have – like it, it, what got me thinking the other day was, um, you know, Gold Coast released that plan that they want to have two premierships by – by 2030 and <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> you can't see it because this is audio but james has got a really huge he's just he's just laughing his head off at the other end of the zoom here but, but um, let's just wait let's just wait till jerome Luai and nathan cleary retire first and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly like you know like let's bring in the five-year plan that will take 10 years you know i, I get it you know, i get i get i get it teams and organizations have to set goals and that's this is just a goal setting exercise but you know yeah, definitely like, like because he has to go to his board like what have you got planned for the future i've got this that that's you know steve mitchell's a smart guy i've had plenty to well, do i'm with gonna him. win 11 um, i'm gonna win yeah. 11 games because you see i've got these six at home that i know i can <laughs> i can oh, nail yeah. and we'll, we'll you know we'll get one on the road somewhere and there'll be a <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like, like my old man at, at the Raiders. Yeah. I don't know anything about business or money or anything like that, but I know that you have to have a plan hmm. somewhere, and and that, that that's what it is. You know, he'll get mocked for it in five or six years when he's off at some other club or doing something else. Oh, remember you said this, blah blah blah. But you got to you got to have a direction, don't you? Yeah. You know, it's you don't have to, but it is it really bold helps. to say you're going to guarantee, like, yeah. <laughs> two titles when you your club has never had any and you know, i guess they were a, fi- they were a final side this year so it's not you know it's yeah it's beyond the pale of with with, with a with a, a good young core and um like stability on the coaching side it looks like so you know i mean it's uh mm. yeah it, it i guess that you know if you're if you're talking about a sport where you've had teams that have gone decades without winning them you know it does come off as a bit presumptuous but Nevertheless, you know, I mean, it, I guess uh, the, the point I'd make is that you know uh, the Titans, being our last expansion side, haven't won, ha- uh, haven't probably a- attained. If you take me back to the, when they were launched and, and, and then said this is going to be their record, how long have they been in the comp? You you you've got this number in your head. They, they came in in 07. 07. Yeah. So you know, yeah, if this is what it's going to be, fourteen years down the line. Um, I don't know. Here's here's a good question for you. Do you expect an expansion side to? I I you know if you're just to, you know kind of like kind of kind of ask me like I wouldn't expect the expansion team to win with in in the first decade of their existence. Nah. You know I mean nah, I, nah. I know that you know there was there was all this thing about um about kind of like again another PKG reference GWS because they were able to stockpile a lot of talent. Uh, and they couldn't. They kind of all this talk about having a window in their in, about. Um, I think they were looking at it about at year six or year seven, uh, which kind of they got to a grand final, but it just didn't happen. And then that talent began to disperse. Bit different because league will have no kind of like draft system or or like you know, player concessions or so forth. But yeah, um, I, I think uh, again, as uh, I think I've said in the past episode like the melbourne storm have ruined our expectation of this like their success like from immediately off the bat that's highly uncommon a highly uncommon experience for a, uh for a new kind of like kind of a new venture it um yeah it just doesn't happen that way like it usually takes way more than a, a decade to to get established i think yeah but and you and you wonder about that don't you like mm. does it really have to take a decade like um and it, and the reason it probably does is because so the, you got to you, you're bringing a brand new squad of people together, yep. and you're starting at zero. You're, you're not starting even a bad team. If you have a bad team, it it has experience with each other, and it maybe only take one or two elements to to correct that and, and get it moving forward. So it has an actual history, but a new team doesn't have that. And mm. you've got to even if your first year is is um, is uh, a winning one. Yep. You know, who's who's to say that wasn't a fluke until you start playing your second season because all sorts of things might go wrong. Um, no think, reason why it should take ten years, but I think you got to draw a fine distinction when you said bring a new team together. I mean, you I th- you think in terms of when you yeah you you you've seen clubs bring a new set of players together, but even in that yeah. case. You know, the team is more than just that group of of players. Like yeah, you, you, you're talking about all the things that are established, kind of off the field, 
which kind of go into the rhythms and patterns of of a team being successful and and that can even be as something as simple as you know uh, how established you know is you know <laughs> to be really kind of you know kind of you know facile is the equipment manager doing doing his job right you know like established clubs have kind of established people in that position like you know do you, you know I agree do, you, with do you trust do you trust kind of like uh you know kind of the medical staff to get their you know their assessments right you know um you know, is the commercial department like kind of like kind of bringing in kind of sponsors uh you know consistently like it's it's way more like than just yeah uh, than just kind of have you got the right 13 or 17 on on the team sheet it's it's way more it's way more than that because you know any of these small things can be the thing that 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 derails a season yeah um and that and that and and that's probably where the dolphins are Mm. at an advantage because they are a proper elite footy club yeah and and the titans have you know spent over a decade trying to get that right and it's really really hard to get that right yeah Mm. yeah so yeah, I'm probably probably the Titans have done what most of us would have expected it. Um, and don't forget, we were when they when they came into the comp, all all anybody was doing was comparing them to the Seagulls and the Chargers and the and the Giants, who were absolutely dreadful, mm. had hardly any success at all. So compared to them, not only have they already outlived them, they've reached finals. They've they've you know beaten the Broncos a couple of times. Actually, it's not really that much of a big thing for, for a club like the Titans to beat the Broncos, and that was hmm. almost unheard of. It's still talking about that legendary game for the Seagulls where, um, you know, they, they they beat the Broncos in 88 or 89, I think it was. It was massive, but now it's just like they'll, they'll beat them, you know, whenever they really want to. So, yeah, it's, um, mate, I don't know, two, two comps in the next 10 years, they're going to have to really get it right, like, no pressure on Toby Sexton or anything like that, mate. Like, <laughs> this is all we want. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting. Um, on the subject of of the Titans and having previously mentioned the Dolphins, um, I wanted to get your thoughts, James, because this has always been a thing that we were kind of intrigued by uh, on the magazine. Uh, your thoughts uh, that the Titans went in uh, with their new uh, aspirations over the next decade. They figured they they needed a a bold, fresh new look, as they always say it. Uh, yeah, they redesigned their logo, which I, I think, yeah, they, they really needed to do that. Like, you know, I, I always thought, geez, the Gold Coast, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of the, the optics always looked a bit dated to me, always looked, yeah, late 20, uh, late, late, late noughties. Uh, so yeah, they've come something. They come out with something which I don't mind. So yeah, what did uh, uh, what did you think? You're you're a sports logo connoisseur, James. Uh, yeah, what uh, what 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 pass uh, what judgment uh, pass you on uh, on the the Gold Coast Titans new look? Yeah, it's definitely an improvement. It's, it's mm. a lot sim- simpler. I, I, I'm a big fan of the simple logos, like mm-hmm. or emblems. Um, I, I, I really. I really don't like the direction that, and it's mainly American sports are doing this. Yeah, they're adding shadows and all that sort of thing to their to their identities, and that's just crap. Like, mm. just we, we just want a picture that represents the the club, and I do think it looks a lot tougher. It looks a lot more menacing. This this Titans logo, I, I get what they are now. They're they're you know they're a big strong identity. They're you know um, unrelenting. It's got it's got angry eyes. Whereas before, I don't know, it just it just didn't do anything for me. It didn't scare you. Didn't yeah. But, um, but but also the, the other mob that's um had a an emblem design uh, are the tigers, and I think theirs has been improved mm. um as, as well. Like those claws are a little bit weird. Like we we know what it, we know what a tiger is. We didn't need to see its claws. I call them the paws. I, I called it paws, not. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're probably right. <laughs> alienate, alienate yeah. all of our listeners because yes, this is a West Tigers pod. Um, <laughs> That's true. I hate to say, um, it, I, 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 could, I think both of them. Yeah, I could hardly tell the difference with the West Tigers one. Oh, okay. I had, yeah. to, I had to look hard for yeah. it. No, it's um, yeah, it's more like a leaping sort of animal coming at you. Whereas this new um, version is more of a hark back to the the old Balmain, where it just has a tiger's head. 
Mm. Um, and and they've obviously done their research. Like I was having a yarn to somebody through the week, and um, it's interesting that the public's reaction to to these things. Like when a new version of an emblem comes out, everyone says, "Oh, we liked the old one," um, even though there was absolutely zero discussion or mention of it in the last 15 years of the old one. We like the old one. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, damn it. <laughs> yeah, so, of course, whenever a new version of anything comes out, there's going to be feedback, but that's all right. It's just you know the negative feedback's coming and you just um, you just get on with it. But they've obviously done their digital research and corporate sort of letterhead research and that sort of thing. People get used to both of them, I reckon. But I like both of them, mm. and um, I like the Dolphins one too. It reminds me a lot of um, the South um, logo. Mm-hmm. It's very how so? It's just very, very, very singular. It's mm. very simple, and um, yeah. I, I'm telling you, the Angry like- Dolphin. Watch the Angry Dolphin episode of uh, <laughs> The Simpsons. Yeah. Like that was the first yeah, thing maybe- that came to mind. Like you know, <laughs> it should have teeth, maybe. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm. I mean, surprise, surprise. I'd. The closer we get to everybody returning to what they had in the in the late seventies and early eighties, <laughs> under the <laughs> I want the Bulldogs to go back to theirs. I want Cronulla to use their old one. Cronulla's emblem is really ordinary. Um, <laughs> Pen- Penrith are on their way. They're slowly getting further and further back to that um, that panther, that leaping panther thing. Mm. Brisbane should go back to theirs. That 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 was the golden era of. Of emblems that at Winfield Cup era, like mm. West Magpies, just simple badges that instantly identifiable. But um, I, I was I was having a look through, um, just doing some research off my own back, just to entertain myself and trying to see how our logos compare to American sports. And yeah, a lot of those shadows are starting to creep into the to the designs and three Dness. And um, I've always loved the Cleveland Indians. Um, uh, logo, and, and I know that they're trying to phase that out. Well, yeah, they've changed, they're going to change the name of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing that, and you've got the the Redskins that are doing the same. Or they've yeah, they've, they've already they've dumped that they've dumped that name too. Yeah, so. that, that, that's fair enough. But as a design thing, it was always great. But my all time favorite what? is the um. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what they've come up with is as a replacement is like the worst kind of corporate placeholder you've ever seen. They just call themselves. The, the, I, want, I want an Australian team to do it. Like you know, they call themselves the Washington Football Team. <laughs> yeah, and then it's the and worst that comes luck, the worst up. ever. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Sorry, you're, you're getting towards the you're getting towards the um the human beings sort of joke there, aren't you? <laughs> Greendale, but, um, community. I love that Greendale. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but yeah, my all time favorite, and I've always I don't know what it is about flames and 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 that sort of thing and. and no idea, but I've always liked the Calgary Flames logo. I've mm. got, a, got a shirt of theirs and um, and the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know anything about ice hockey, but I love that. I love theirs. It's it's their, funny that you, you bring that up because uh, the NHL has a new has an expansion team this season that have just started playing. Um, and I'm kind of grappling with it because it's a, it's a team in Seattle, mm. and they are the Seattle Kraken. You know what a Kraken is. You know what a kraken yeah. is? Unleash the kraken. Um, it's a it's a mythical sea creature. It's like a it's like a squid, but worse. Uh, is that right? Yes, because uh, I've been I've been buying kraken to drink, wondering what the hell is all this squid stuff all over the label. <laughs> there you go. I got out of bed and I and I learned something. Fantastic. <laughs> but the, the, it, it, I mean, the logo the logo is fine. The colors are yeah okay whatever. Um, but the the thing that I can't uh, I'm kind of struggling with. Is and you know my my family are about ready to kind of yeah kind of you know hit me with a hit me with a hockey stick you know, ask you know the question you know, again what is the plural of kraken <laughs> yeah is it one kraken is, that- is is the plural of kraken kraken like you know I so like you know and then you're back into the is was uh, sorry is is uh, is were um, you know. Uh, um, am I no, am I am I off, off, off base? Is was they uh, or whatever? Uh, yeah, into the into the singular plural uh, problem with with the Seattle Kraken. So um, yeah, well, just put it this way: you don't say sheep's, do you? You say there's some sheep. There's a sheep. 
So it must be Kraken. The plural must be Kraken. <laughs> or is the idea that you know, you'd never see two Kraken? Maybe that's the whole idea. There's only one Kraken. You know, so, anyhow. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, I, no, um, terrible. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and, and I struggle with it. The branding it, is okay. Yeah. Like, but, you know, the, the, uh, that's one of those team names that um, it, it strikes me as a bit minor league. Like, you know, like you, you do something, you reach down for it a bit, and then you end up with like kind of a minor league sounding name. In the minor leagues, sure. Like, you uh, can, like yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, when I followed the better half over to Alabama two years ago, for, she, she was attending a human rights conference over there, and I went and checked out a minor league baseball game at the local team, and they were the Montgomery Biscuits. That's right. Um, and, they were, and they were playing the Chattanooga Lookouts. Was fantastic. Mm. I just, I just went just because of that. I've got to see these two squads play each other, do what they do, <laughs> and, uh, and then you, you, got you were actually trying hoping to turn up, hoping that the Springfield Isotopes was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's we right. That's right. I love that. That's uh, fantastic. No, it's um, yeah. I, I think and and that new NBL team, the the Jack Jumpers, the Jack Jumpers. It? Oh God, that that's a um. You can't. You're making sure that every every new team that's created is going to end up on a quirky shirt in some New York store, aren't you? Like, <laughs> like you know, that's that's what it's all about. The more quirky, the the better. And and then that's why it's so refreshing that the Dolphins stuck to their true identity. They had yes. to be too clever with it. Yeah, yes. so yeah, recognizable. Not not ending up on on a on a shirt stack at Big W of a, of a shirt that you buy over Christmas. <laughs> cut through. It'll have lasting cut through. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now for sure. Anyway, all talk, all this talk of, uh, of, uh, kind of, uh, cuddly creatures and, uh, and, uh, and cut through kind of, um, pretty, uh, kind of direct line to, uh, this week's honesty session question, James, which, which I always like the, what you come up with, but I thought this one really kind of fell in line with, uh, with today's uh, today's discussion, so yeah, I'll hand it to you to uh, introduce uh, this week's uh, audience uh, call out. All right, um, how it how it actually came about? I'll give you the the true the true the true, uh, his, the true history of, of yeah yeah. This is like the Netflix doco how it started thing. Um, someone was having a that they, they had a genuine um, praise session of what Penrith have got planned for their membership. Sort of drive, you know, mm. and someone had a go at um, the, the original post that this person did, and said, "Oh, if they're going to do an initiative, why don't they involve taking shit Instagram pictures and blah blah blah?" And I thought, oh, okay, this has descended pretty pretty quickly into into a, a piss take of the Panthers, so we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go along with it. And I thought, yeah, you, you've sort of suggested an experience of a of a bit of a membership drive that. You could group some other things together with them. Oh no, this C popped into my head. Why don't we set up a, a rugby league theme park um, where people can have rugby league experiences? And and all that really turned into, as these questions do every week, is just a, a chance to take the piss out of somebody else's club. So that's that's all it is. Everybody knows it. <laughs> so you haven't come up with roller coaster rides. You've come up with um suggestions of you know ways to to hurt your rival fan bases um <laughs> and that's what makes it so funny i i i i um i omitted some of these out um the question was we're designing a rugby league theme park what should be the main attractions um in it um and there were drug answers and there were you know all sorts of there were rapey answers and no, we're not doing that. We, we, it's just you and I. We don't have a legal department, do we? So mm. we probably can't afford to. I know lawyers. Fight off le- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know solicitors and barristers, but uh, well, we, yeah, we know lawyers. <laughs> shall we say yes? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to. We're, I don't think we'll, we'll be able to afford their um, services. That's to, just it, to defend isn't it? Yeah. Some, yeah, some of the answers that you guys came up with, but these are the clean ones, and they're the funniest ones. Anyway, so our, our rugby league theme park. Should have, um, according to Andrew Paskin, um, very funny man, um, one half of the Rugby League Digest podcast. Uh, he, he reckons we should have Disneyland-like characters with oversized heads walking around. Except it's Gowie 
chasing punters around a charity golf day. Very good. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Beauty. Uh, Jay Dwight, as always, poked his head in. Um, he reckons there should be a hall of mirrors so the refs' falters can take a good hard look at themselves. Uh, there should be a big slide so Canberra can recreate their 20 um, versus 21 descent and a big walkthrough maze that you can't find your way out of for Eels fans. 1987 to current. <laughs> That's right, Jay. Just uh, keep annoying the Eels. Start, it starts at the Ray Price statue and then leads to nowhere. <laughs> oh, Ray Price, he's, he's off limits. Um, PJ says uh, there should be a Bronco boat. It's a bit like it's a small world at Disneyland, but has but has miniature Broncos old boys whinging mm. on a recorded loop. That's a winner. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Uh, and he also, they also suggest the Tiger Climb. Uh, it's a ladder with 16 levels. The ride gets stuck on level nine before plunging back to the bottom. Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, Jason Buffier says, uh, uh, suggests um, a virtual reality theatre with the following experiences. One, a kicking duel. Two, being Glenn Burgess in the 85 GF. <laughs> uh, three, Defending five metres in front of your own try line with Mal Meninga on the burst and uh, experience number four, packing down against the West Magpies front row from 1978. Oh, nice. Um, no worries, Sam, says this should be a Warriors roller coaster. You sit and watch the Warriors games, ride all the highs and lows since 1995. Any of these impressing you so far, mate? All of them. I, I very much like uh, the Bronco boat. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of psychological torture there as well. Mm. Um, Steve um, suggests somebody follows you around in a blue shirt and tells you what ride to go on next. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Jules Wheezy and Andrew Ferguson also suggested uh, the bubblers mm. would be the highlights of of, uh, <laughs> of of any theme park. And mm. T-Mac says... Uh, there should be a similar ride to the pirate ship, but it's a yacht, and there and there are two of them for the storm fans, um, and also uh, a ride that is awesome at the beginning, but kind of stops and does nothing towards the end. Its name, the Fader. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, T Mac. T Mac's become a, a good regular of the show. Thanks for your responses, T Mac, and um, and to everybody else. That's um, that's all, mate. We're I'm, I don't think I'm giving people enough time, and I think that's a good thing because it means I'm not sitting. <laughs> means I'm not sitting at the computer. It means I don't have to do two anymore. hours. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, this 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 thing isn't the other way around, is it? It, it doesn't work us. Yeah. Oh, it's got me thinking. Like, um, uh, gone to several kind of sports, like like yeah, hall of fames, halls of fame, shall we, and everything like that. Um. Yeah, I always remember when I went to the to the basketball one in, in Massachusetts in the states. They had these, uh, you know, the thing where you know the the height thing. So you you know compare how tall you are oh, yeah. with the people. Also the hands. Yeah, whether you're how, 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 how your how your how your hands compare. What what do you think, James? Like, what would uh, what uh, attraction do you think uh, would be essential mm. for? Uh, for a league, or, or, or you know, one thing that got me thinking, uh, uh, Jason Buffier's uh, virtual reality theater got me thinking about uh, the 3D Warney at the at the MCG below the MCG. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, like like what kind of you'd have to have like a you know what you know a 3D Tommy Radonikus or something like that. That would be that would be <laughs> that would be essential, wouldn't that's, it? That's a good idea. I remember I remember all the way back in round one. I think it was um was it Parramatta who played. No, it was South who played Melbourne, wasn't it? Mm. In round one of this season, mm -hmm. and pretty much the game was built up. It was, you know, game of the year already. Rah, rah, rah. Two brilliant teams, and Melbourne just, you know, ran out to a twenty nil lead. And I remember saying at the time, um, "Welcome South to the Penrith Panthers twenty twenty experience grand final ride." <laughs> so you could you could do that. You could get in inside the mind of a Panthers fan and, you know, relive all the hope of the 2020 season just draining away as the storm starts to lap you. Yeah, that, that's all I can think. <laughs> that's all I can think of. It's, um, I will say uh, Penrith sort of 
Penrith has its jumping castle at home games. That's the closest we get to a, a theme park. I think there might be a couple of other rides. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's got, there's got to be an element of psychological torture by the sounds of all those responses. As long as the person is having a miserable time, then that means it's a good, it's, a, it's an anti-amusement park. Anti-amusement. <laughs> uh, amusement park. Yeah. That's true. Um, uh, moving on to the uh, to our final segment. Uh, anything we've forgotten, uh, James? Uh, yeah, again, this is one something we missed kind of last week. A bit of news that dropped immediately after. Uh, we uh, recorded and actually got me worried because, uh, you know, like we were talking about the trophy, of course, uh, last week. And I said, did I did I put anything, you know, in, in apropos about uh, Norm Proven amongst all the things we said? But I don't think we did. Uh, but yes. Uh, we, uh, we didn't. We yeah. didn't because we didn't know what was to come. Mm. A day later, yeah. where we said. No, 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 just offhand, I said something about, like, you know, kind of in reference to the trophy. But, um, yeah, one oh, yeah, of, uh, yeah. yeah, truly one of the uh, one of the great figures uh, of the game past uh, and brought, um, you know, a really great degree of, uh, of tribute. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, uh, kind of really quite uh, appropriate. And uh, it was, you know, kind of one of those figures that was around for, you know, kind of enjoyed kind of a good afterlife um, I think being on the trophy obviously really, really helps. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, the um, the 13th immortal, if, uh, if I'm kind of correctly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, yeah. yeah. The, the What is it? The McGuigan wine, <laughs> the McGuigan wine promotion. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, you uh, you had a bit of an, of an encounter uh, in the past week uh, that, uh, <laughs> that got you thinking about this. Yeah, no, just um, I didn't necessarily head out there because Norm Proven had died, but um, I was I was in in the area. Now you in life, there's things that always are in your head, and you really think I really should go and check that out, or I should do that, or and what one of them has always, oh, not always, but ever since it got set up, I've always wanted to go and have a look at the um the Dragons Legends Walk at Cogra, and I was I was in the Cogra Carlton area on the weekend, and I've Took some pictures of um of the legends walk. I posted them up on the on the um dead in goal Twitter account, and it's and it's such a brilliant, classy way of recognising club legends. Like my, um, most uh, a, a lot of clubs, um you know recognise their legends on the on the sort of walls of, of the boardroom, like where nobody ever gets to see them. Like sure, the the club board members get to be surrounded by all these legends and and you can have like wall, walls of fame in a leagues club but this is really like I, I like the fact that you can go and have a look at these and and if you start at the top of the of the hill where this walk, legends walk is behind um or sorry out the front of Cogra oval and you walk down the footpath here there's a, a, a double-sided sign um for, you know for for two two of the dragons and there's about 12 or 13 sort of signs that you walk past. Then there's a statue of Reg Gaznier at the bottom near the corner. And it's so, it, it just blends so well into the local landscape. It's not imposing or anything. Um, I, I couldn't actually see it until I, I, I actually parked right in front of it. Um, and there's not too much of a fuss to be made about it. Otherwise, like there's a few, this was built in, you know, whenever it was. And I just thought it was really, different and classy way to recognise um, the club's heroes. So, yeah, big congrats to the to the Dragon Slayer slash Steelers for that one. Yeah. Who, who gets pride of place in that walk? Is it Proven or is it, uh, is it Johnny Raper? Um, they're, they're, it's sort of like in, in date order. Okay. So, yeah, I, I can't remember who's first, whether it's Barry Walsh or – no, I'd, I'd be embarrassing myself if I – if I tried to remember who was first, but yeah, just um, obviously in not Norm Proven and Changer towards oh, the middle somewhere. Yeah, Langlands. Yeah, and, and, too, yeah. yeah and then you've got J- Jason Nightingale and Ben Cray towards the end because they're the more recent heroes for the for, for the club. But um, so yeah, so glad I finally got around to to doing it because it's not really something you do on 
on a game night. I don't think mm. you take a moment to yourself and, and 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 do it because you'll just get trampled over by dragons fiends um, on on their way to the ground. But yeah, congrats to them. Um, and the one thing I not didn't have time to do because I was looking for any excuse to get outside on the first weekend past lockdown. But um, there's a, there's a really really good dragons museum apparently over at the leagues club. Because um, what? Sorry, one thing I've forgotten to mention is that they've just played their 100th season. Mm. Um, the St George Dragons, anyway. So yeah, I'd love to go and have a look at that. Um, the Dragons aren't. I've never really been a club that I've loved or hated. They're kind of they're they're, they're part of the rugby league. They're stitched into it. Mm. Like they're they're like the Roosters and South, aren't they? Like they're they're the bedrock of the of, of the game in Sydney, and it's just. It's just a part of the game, and I think if we um, were if we were a generation older, that would be a bit different. I think for like yeah, I think when I talk to kind of people who are just kind of slightly older than us, because they they were they well, they were they were a dynasty without parallel in in the game, oh, and, and they just rode they road graded the entire <laughs> comp for for a good you know decade plus. That uh, yeah, that that they were they would have been ubiquitous in a way. That uh, we talk about, you know, like Melbourne or the Roosters being really huh. like successful and uh, you know, kind of almost arrogantly successful clubs now. Uh, yeah, I think it, nothing would have compared to the way kind of the Dragons just just rolled up the the you know, the, the, the the league, you know, through uh, through the sixties. So and that would that would just stay in your brain. Um, yeah, it, 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 you'd carry that with you, I think, for the for the rest of time. It's interesting how fans behave like that. I always, um, I can remember my, my brother-in-law's father. We were once talking, having just said I'm out on cricket. I'm just pulling it, pulling back a cricket reference here. I was talking about how I I was saying that um, you know like that that period through you know the the Taylor and War uh, captaincy years that you know the, that the Aussies became so dominant over England that I I really began to care a lot less about the Ashes until you know like kind of that victory for for Michael Vaughan's side in the early two thousands can't remember what year it was and um and he mentioned to me that yeah he, he was never going to feel sympathy for England because when he was younger in the fifties yeah the, that shoe was very much on the other foot right England was was much was, was quite dominant over Australia and so that that resentment had never left him uh, and I, I thought that was really interesting yeah those kind of things that impress upon you uh, yeah I, 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 you know kind of in a more formative stage of of your fandom I really do wonder that. Um, yeah, for those league fans who were coming up when uh, when when Saint George just could not be beaten, like uh, and kind of how that would have shaped their consciousness uh, of of the league until until uh, today. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, plainly, like oh. yeah, that that level of yeah uh, yeah that level of domination is you'd have to yeah you'd have to reach into those European soccer leagues where like all the best players just go to one place and, you know, the King sponsors <laughs> the, the, the club yeah, not, that, that wins all the time and orders everybody else to, you know, I'd imagine that's how European football work. If the King told you you have to lose to these guys, well, yeah. All right. <laughs> in some countries. And they win, 30, yeah, no. they win 35 leagues in a row and you're like, all right. <laughs> Aristocracy. All and in it great. We're all having a lot of fun here, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, no, it's uh, and yeah, it just makes a mockery of um those calls on social media, like oh, the same teams keep winning year in year out. It's like no, they don't. No. <laughs> go back, go, go back to the fifties and sixties. Like, yeah, yeah how, how would you survive then? That's yeah. Right. So, but what, what, one one interesting observation from that from that era of complete domination, where one team kept winning it for over a decade, was. Every single time you see images and film from that from that era, I know it's mainly the grand finals and stuff, but just the immense popularity of the game back then. Mm. So it obviously it didn't do much to to destroy people's enthusiasm for it. Like, oh no, people after just, a while, it's just because there was nothing you start else. To do. Sell it, but you start to see, yeah, you're right. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing else, else to do. do. That cycling and rowing, yeah, and, uh, horse, but, um, horse racing, James, gambling on horse oh, yeah. races. Oh, true. I forgot that. Living, yeah, right next to race course, and I forgot horse racing. But um, but yeah, was, the, it, was everyone while, dressed? Was everyone dressed better in those? Uh, in those? Yeah, definitely. 
Oh, definitely. I was just on that, just getting off league for the hundredth time this this show. I was watching some old um, Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio um, uh, film from a doco on deep in the darkest corner of Amazon Prime, and uh, people just dressed so immaculately when they when they went to these events, didn't they? Mm. Like just. <laughs> not like I, now. I, like I can't wrap my a thousand head around different versions. I yeah. can't wrap my head around when you p- look at pictures of cricket from like the turn of the century in Australia, yeah. and yeah, people turning up to those matches like they're going to the races. And I don't imagine Australia was any less hot <laughs> in the summer back in those days than it is now. <laughs> if global yeah. warming, you know, kind of yeah, uh, to the side. So yeah, you just be sitting there boiling. I don't know on the hill boiling, like you know they'll. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Mm. <laughs> I don't understand it. It must have just been, um, you know, depression era and, and stuff and any, any opportunity you got to wear your good suit or you, to wear your suit, sorry, you you took it and <laughs> it wasn't a good suit back then, was it? You didn't have a, a, a cloak, uh, yeah, nothing res- other reserve than, suit. Nothing other than work clothes. So, you know, yeah, okay, <laughs> we're going to the cricket. Put on your tie. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very good, mate. Yeah, yeah, so that's what yeah that's what I've been doing, and who knows? I might um, I'm looking forward to a another sunny weekend this weekend. I might trample off to some other historic site. I think you Just, should uh, do you should do every do. kind of like honor circle for 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 every club. And then yeah, write, I'll go and, and then rate them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> I was going to ask that the honesty session question was going to be how does your club honor its legends and i could just see all these tigers fans saying we honor them by letting them go to other clubs but so <laughs> but uh, apparently there's a there's a roosters mural that um jake friend got added to recently um i thought you said jake friend can't, painted the, <laughs> the mural i was like wow <laughs> he painted himself under the under the club. <laughs> um i don't think it's i mean love to be corrected again but yeah i don't know whether there's an actual uh, and, and another club that honors its legends like like that in a unique and interactive way so yeah i'll have to um i'll go looking for other other experiences over the summer no doubt it'll be fun so um on on the subject of uh of honoring uh a club's history the, the one thing i wanted to bring up uh to, to finish off this week is uh, an old colleague of ours uh matt cleary is uh is putting together a uh, funding campaign for uh, a book project he's trying to get up. And I, I, I actually, uh, full disclosure, I have donated to it because I think this is the book that, that Matt was uh, born to write. Like he is a published author. He has, um, uh, he wrote a, wrote a splendid little book called A Short History of, of Golf, which is quite an unconventional kind of approach to, to golf history. I can re- recommend it to people who don't take the game of golf too seriously, which I don't know if you, if you read histories of golf, you probably do take the sport too seriously. But um, uh, yes, he, uh, yeah, um, Matt's uh, a, a, a Canberra guy from, from way back and a bit of a a Raiders super fan who has kind of a, a living memory of the club from from day dot. You know, I'm pretty sure somebody will be able to do this for the Redcliffe Dolphins at some point. But yeah, he's he's writing um, a history of the Raiders. Uh, the the framing device is uh, is, is intriguing too. Uh, he's basically going to write about 20 key matches from the from the the club's history and kind of basically tell it through that, which. Um, I suspect Matt will have kind of got some kind of personal link to, to each of those each of those games. So you know, it's a, it will be part kind of uh, part memoir, part history of the club. It is appropriately called the Milk, which will uh, you know uh, be resonant for for anybody who knows anything about the the Raiders over time. And I can fully commend you to go over to Kickstarter and, uh, and make a donation if you. I think he's about halfway to his goal. Yeah, Matt was a stalwart writer uh, for us on uh, Inside Sport uh, for for many years, and um, uh, yeah, he uh, yeah, I, like I kind of in, uh, kind of in- indicated before, I, I can't think of a more ideal subject uh, for for him to for to write about than this. Um, I, I'm very eager for his take on uh, on Mal Meninga's political career. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a, that's a page that one it's, half, it's a, half, half, what, half a page <laughs> now what a great name for the book that's mm. awesome yes yeah. that's just going to resonate with so many fans he's a good um good bloke matt he's one of those rare creatures that has i think an equal love of rugby union and rugby league. He's a rare um, bird in that yeah. regard, isn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah. He and he sort of hope I'm not ruining it for him, but uh, he seems to be able. To, he's like a chameleon. He changes his his spots when he's around. You know, it, it, each crowd. Like you know, he can. He's such a likable fella. Mm. He can just mould into into whatever setting there is, and is really likable and. Oh, that's great! It's great news about. The book. We'll have to bring him on and ask about that because you are he is a, he is that rare species of um, kind of kind of I think uh, he played union, but he is a leaguing disposition. So you know he, he's almost like the guy who uh, he reminds me of in that good regard is is Michael Checker. <laughs> oh yeah, ended up around yeah. union, but really seems more like a league uh, a league man. So you know it's uh, but yeah. Um, the plainly fans of the Raiders, you know, should should hope for something like this uh, to become a reality. But even I, I think even if you just just like uh, the game, and obviously if you listen to this, you like the game in general. It's something that uh, you'd like to see uh, come out. I mean, you know, rugby league book projects don't just uh, don't just come along. I mean, anybody who kind of you know, reads the game um, as, as we have um, and, and watch sports books come through, it's it's not the easiest thing to uh, easiest subject to uh, to kind of kind of uh, get a launch in the in the publishing world so yeah any opportunity that uh, that comes along in, in these regards is is worth supporting i i say so um yeah um yeah look for it uh if you uh yeah if you have uh if you can lend some support good stuff jeff cool yeah. oh thanks for that, james uh yeah i'm um, good talking to you again this week and uh yes uh yeah, we'll kind of come to you for yeah soliciting bids and, and talking uh <laughs> talking mascots again next week Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Mike.